0: Good morning, well, you can see the topic of what we're going to do this morning and I, I just feel it's, it isn't it odd to speak about somebody who is in the room, mm-hmm. just this consciousness i am just feeling the presence of Holy Spirit with us this morning and I'm about to speak about Him. So that's taking a little bit of humility for me right now, I'm thinking, okay, well, Help me because I know you're in the room you're in the room and so my desire is not to do a really good teaching session this morning, but that you will encounter Holy Spirit as I'm speaking and that you would have a revelation on the person of Holy Spirit this morning. That's really my heart. Uh, you know it's funny, two weeks ago, uh, my dad preached on John 7 verse 38 and 39, you know, when Jesus said, if you are thirsty, come to me and drink, you will overflow living water. And if you read on the next verse after that, that, it says, by this, Jesus meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. It is the Holy Spirit who makes us Overflow abandoned life. It is by the Holy Spirit that we overflow abandoned life. We were never meant to be with that Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like the engine is it, that has been given to Christian, is like our turbine, is like our core living system. Basically, we need him. We just need him. We've been reborn by the Spirit, so he's both in our DNA but he's also our fuel. You get the analogy there. He's in us, he's in our DNA. Okay, we're made of him, but we need more of him because he's our fuel as well. That's why the Bible speaks to be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So after doing a series last year on Jesus, we thought how important it would be to look at Holy Spirit. So that we will know him better. But when I say know him better, I don't mean know about him better. I mean encountering, know him like, you know, I know my husband Jamie, you know, know him as a real person. You see, Holy Spirit is actually the most misunderstood person of the Trinity. When I started to prepare this, I realized how misunderstood the Holy Spirit is by many, many, many Christians. Some part of Christianity simply ignore the Holy Spirit. I was reading in an article that in America today, more than half of self-identified Christians do not believe the Holy Spirit exists. More than half. So I thought, oh surely that's not born again Christian even born-again Christian sometimes do not believe Holy Spirit exists. Now, we have as well some Christians, speci- speci- specifically uh, evangelical Christian, that they might believe Holy Spirit exists, and they believe that Holy Spirit is active in the new birth, in salvation, but they do not believe that uh, Holy Spirit is active today through miracles, gifts, and healing. We call them secessionist. Do I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. Secessionist. Yeah? secessionist. So that means Holy Spirit activity ceased today. It was right in the first, you know, in the New Testament with the Apostle, but now our Holy Spirit is not really active. We more occasionally refer to him, but we don't depend on him for power. And there's a lot of Christian who lives in that state. Now, that's one thing to, to believe that, but now we know that all of us we've got quite a good idea of what a father looks like. Yeah? We've got quite a good idea what a son looks like because we have models of fathers and sons on earth everywhere. But Holy Spirit, sometimes for some Christian, remain this spooky thing, this force, this it, this kind of, you know, Star Wars, you know, may the force be with you. Some Christian treat the Holy Spirit like that. Oh, he's the force, he's the ghost. <laughs> yes? I guess a misunderstanding of who Holy Spirit is. And actually when we think about him as a it or a force, we are not giving him the honor he is due. so it's so important to say God Holy Spirit I want to know who you really are some people believe really in the Holy Spirit but they have this view that do you know what? The Trinity it's first the Father then it's the Son and then the Holy Spirit somewhere down there so they think the Trinity is hierarchical. Therefore, their conclusion is, Holy Spirit is not as important than Father, and Holy Spirit is not as important, certainly as Jesus the Savior. Again, such a big mistake, because the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are completely un- you know, united. <coughs> they are one and they're equal. What they have is a different function. So it's true that the father sent the son and the son came back to heaven and he said to Holy Spirit, go now. So they have different functions, different time, different jobs to do, but they are equal and as important. Then, even when we believe in all of this and we believe in that the Holy Spirit is pretty important, sometimes we are scared of Holy Spirit. All right? Some of us may have... um, some kind of distorted experience of Holy Spirit or I don't know who, who in the root has been given a strange or weird prophetic word one day so you might think <laughs> if I start Holy Spirit no thank you yes or if you've been in a room with somebody completely oh, you know really in a bizarre way and you couldn't understand it and you were overwhelmed. And, it might be a scary thing for you. So some of us, we're a little scared of the Holy Spirit. We have, we have had a bad experience. Or we think, oh my gosh, if Holy Spirit comes, I'm gonna lose control. And I do not want to lose control. and I certainly don't want to lose ridiculous. Yes? Now, so because this could be all of us, right? And finally, another misconception of Holy Spirit even for the most charismatic people, the people <laughs> of the Holy Spirit, the people who love the Holy Spirit, oh my gosh, we can fall into the trap of lacking of all about the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is, you know, we could s- sort of fall in the trap of trying to control of the Holy Spirit. Say, fire, Holy Spirit, yes, do your thing, yes, right. And then we forget that he is God. He is not to be controlled. We lack honoring of his person, he is God. <laughs> so we try to use it for what we want, which is glorious presence and looking good, right? So have you ever seen those things? Mm. So we can lack of awe oh, and honor in Holy Spirit. I've done it, I've done that. But we forget to, that we meant to partner with the Holy Spirit. Hey, He is still God. He is still God. He does what He wants. He does what He wants. You see, this saddens me profoundly because I just love Holy Spirit. I'm really sorry to say, but I feel that with that Holy Spirit, we are mostly doing religion. And what we will fall into is, you know, kind of following the teaching of Jesus as principle of good behavior. But we're missing the point. We're missing that we were called to a relationship and to walk supernaturally by the Spirit, empowered to do impossible things, empowered to be changed and transformed by the Holy Spirit, not by forcing ourselves to do good behavior. So with that Holy Spirit, what you do is, you do you do beliefs, and even if they're good. You can have really good beliefs, Christianity with good beliefs. But you're missing something, because we're supposed to abide in the Holy Spirit. So he will come and transform us, and he will transform the people around us by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important to speak about the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus, by Jesus, we are saved and we get the perfect example on how to live on earth. And that's why we read our Bible because we want to understand what Jesus says, the model of Jesus, we want to learn from our fathers, from the from the fathers of our faith. Acts 1, Acts 1, however, says Jesus modelled and taught us how to bring the kingdom of God but then We do it by the Holy Spirit. And that's what it says here, that Jesus himself left instruction to the apostle, and that one instruction was, wait here until the gift of the Holy Spirit, the one I have promised, comes. So you will receive the power, and then you will be able to bring the gospel to the end of the earth." You can read it, it's Act 1. Jesus himself said that. Jesus himself know that, of course, he gave us access to, to the Father, but Jesus said himself, we need the Holy Spirit to do it now. Okay? So who is Holy Spirit? You're going to see my slide. There's lots of verses. And I'm not doing Bible teaching today. So you feel free to take a picture and go and read all the verses yourself because I could spend the whole week and as a matter of fact as we are doing the series some of the aspects will be taken and then we will speak in detail about those a little bit later in the series. So my first big point is who is Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is God. Okay? He is divine. Okay. So in many, many passages of the Bible, the Holy Spirit is referred as God or in inter, inter- oh, let me pronounce that properly, inter, interchangeable ways. Does it make sense? Yeah. Interchangeable. Interchangeable. See, that's my accent sometimes. That's the one. Interchangeable. inter-changeable.
1: inter-changeable. <laughs> that's the one.
0: Yeah, situation is the right place there. So that means that there's other whole thing going on here, like for example in Acts 5, Peter said to Ananias, you lied to the Holy Spirit, and then he says, you didn't just uh, lie to human beings, but to God. That means, Holy Spirit is God. So interchangeably, uh, we have Holy Spirit and God speaking, so we know Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit has many, many divine attributes. So to name name, for example, in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11, it says, the Spirit of God knows the thought of God. How can the Holy Spirit know the thought of God if he is not God? It's impossible. So you could see in the Holy Spirit, there is this omniscient. It is really important because, do you want to know God better? Yeah. Yes. Then Holy Spirit is the one who guides you into all truth. That's what it says. So if you want to know God better, you need the Holy Spirit to reveal you the truth and reveal the thoughts of God. Okay? So, and then um, it says um, that, so he's omniscient. Uh, we say, he says in Hebrew nine that the spirit is eternal, like God, uh, we have uh, lots of verses to say that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, is everywhere. And we have a lot of verses to say the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. Like in Luke 1, verse 31, the angel speaks of the Holy Spirit as the power of the highest. Okay, So you could do a mean study on that. on that. We know, and Jamie just prayed it, we know that the Spirit was active in creation. He hovered over the water. And actually, in the Bible, there's a lot of reference of the Holy Spirit being the giver of life. It, we say, it says, for example, in 2 Corinthians, that um, the letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. Uh, it says as well in John 6, verse 63, uh, that the Spirit makes us alive, okay? So without the Spirit, we, we can't be alive, okay? And there's lots of other verses in Roman, etc. So in Matthew 28 verse 19 Jesus said to make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Notice it's not the names, it's the name, the name, a singular. So that's another proof that Holy Spirit is integral part of the Trinity. Okay, equal with the Father and Son, together they are God. In the name of God I baptize you, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Can you see that? So Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, completely, completely divine. It is uh, part of the Trinity and God is free, distinctive person, but they're all divine. And this is a complete mystery because they're perfectly in union, perfectly equal, but still yet they have different jobs and functions to do. Okay? So let's look a little bit at the character of Holy Spirit and how distinctive Holy Spirit is. But you will see he is a person. So he's divine and he's a person. So that's my other slide here. Okay, so... Holy Spirit is a distinctive person. He has specific characteristic. So for example, I've named that one already in Corinthians 2, 10, 11, the Holy Spirit searches and he has knowledge. So revelation comes by the Holy Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians 12 that the Holy Spirit distribute gifts. So the Holy Spirit empowers people for the edification of the church to strengthen us, to build us up. The Holy Spirit is at work by giving gifts to the church and we will do probably a whole session on that. In Romans 8 it says he has a mind. In Romans 15 it says he loves us. He's a person, he's a real person. In John 15 it says uh, it testified of Jesus is basically saying, yeah, look, Jesus is real. I have this affirmation assurance in my heart because of the Holy Spirit. And he glorifies the Father and the Son. Okay. Now, we know it's a person because in the Bible, many times there's personal pronouns used about the Holy Spirit. So, for example, Holy Spirit will be refer- um, referred to as the Comforter or the advocate, or paracletos, which means the one that comes alongside and help us, okay? So they are pronounced there, he's a real person coming alongside with us, okay? And because he's a real person, he has actions. He's not just going, I'm just going to gently breathe over you, you know? He's doing stuff, he's active. So the Holy Spirit speaks, the Holy Spirit intercedes with us, or for us, rather, and He teaches us, He is active in us, okay? And He guides us, He guides us. Sometimes He forbids us. I mean, when Paul was on his journey, sometimes the Holy Spirit said, No, don't go there, oh, go there. He, he guided Paul. So He is active when we let Him. He's active, plenty of active. And we see, we know he's a person because there's as well reference of him being treated as a person. So for example, it says in Ephesians 4, 30, that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. So if we are not seeking after God and if our behavior is not reflecting God's glory, we will sadden the Holy Spirit. He will feel sad, he will feel grieved. He will say, oh, oh no, my child, why are you not behaving according to your DNA? Why are you not following me like you're supposed to? And what's in your, inside of you? We can insult the Holy Spirit, we can blaspheme, we can lie to the Holy Spirit, all of that to demonstrate that it's possible to offend him as a person, because he is real. He's not just a it, a ghost, he is a real person. Now, this might blow your mind, but you know, we can't even completely comprehend who the Holy Spirit is, because we cannot comprehend who God is. Uh, As a matter of fact, just to throw that in, I'm calling the, the Holy Spirit, he, but it's not super clear in the Bible, I have to say. Like, if you look in the Greek, Holy Spirit is the word pneuma, so that's a neutral term, okay? Uh, but when the activity of the Holy Spirit is described as the counselor, the advocate, the helper, often it's a masculine pronoun that is used. However, if you look at the Hebrew language. Uh, some of you would be familiar that the Spirit was called, for example, in the Old Testament, Ruach. And, and there is reference in the Old Testament as well of the Shekinah presence of God. And those terms are feminine. So to see that we can't really solidly gender Holy Spirit. He's God. He is God. I mean, we say Him because we need reference when we're going to speak about Him. Okay, so now I'm coming to the most important thing. Every believer needs Holy Spirit. Okay, every believer needs the Holy Spirit. And this will become to you more and more obvious as we are going through this series. How much we need the Holy Spirit. Actually, I found this uh, quotation, I can't even remember who said it, one theologian, very fright, not me. (laughs) He, He said something like, we deal with God through Jesus, but God deals with us through the Holy Spirit. And I think this is what it means. You see, to go to God, we deal with God through Jesus. We need Jesus to reconnect to God the (coughs) Father. Jesus' sacrifice made it possible for us to have a relationship with God. By his blood, by his mercy and grace, we have access to God, all right? After the resurrection, Jesus ascended. Okay, so he's now sitting at the right hand of his Father. But now God deals with us through the Holy Spirit. That makes it the Holy Spirit now who gives you the assurance that you are a child of God. It's the Holy Spirit who testified in your heart. Yes, I know I'm saved. Yes, I can call God daddy because I have this assurance. So you have been reborn birthed by the holy spirit the new has come the old has gone you are now reconciled with god and you have received a new nature okay you see before before literally you were ruled by your flesh your body your human emotions you were ruled by that but when you are born again this is my little thing my attempt to to illustrate this, with this green circle with the Holy Spirit inside here. When you are born again, you know, what happened? His Holy Spirit come in us, give us a new nature, which means that now, our spirit is the dominant force in us. Okay? You all are first, spiritual being <coughs> that's what's happened at the new birth you are all first spiritual being because you know you will live forever you know that this body will go and you will receive a new one you agree now yeah. and then yes you still have your flesh yes sometimes you will be tempted but you learn to learn you learn to walk by the Spirit, that mean, and you can't do that because He's freed you, He's giving you a new nature, so now Spirit in you is at work. Now is at work. That means the Holy Spirit, you see God deal with us through the Holy Spirit. So how are we supposed to become Christ-like? Not by striving and trying to be good, and do, I mean, l- listen, we do need to the discipline of reading the Bible or reading, we do need that exactly. because that's a marvelous way to encounter Holy Spirit and know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. But we, we are transformed, becoming Christ-like by abiding in him <laughs> and say, Holy Spirit, <laughs> come and change me. So transformation, sanctification arrive not by striving but by abiding, becoming who we are supposed to be because He has made us, like our DNA has changed. He's in there. Yeah? So we walk by the Spirit. You see, Holy Spirit that really is my conclusion here. Holy Spirit is the source and is the supplier of all we need for holy living and effective service on earth. All of it. I'm going to repeat that, because I need to hear it. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Holy Spirit is the source and the supplier of all you need for holy living, but as well effective service. All you need. All you need. You You can't do it. You can't do it, but by his spirit you can, by his spirit you can, by his spirit you can, by his spirit you can. What are we going to respond to that this morning? What are we going to do? Um, when I was preparing, I went to see uh, a couple of um, guys, you know, that are so famous because they love the Holy Spirit, like Yongisho. have you ever heard of Yongisho? show? Yeah. Wow, you know, he, he says, he even wrote a whole book on it, you know, Holy Spirit, my senior partner. <laughs> Does it sound good? Um, and John Wimber thinks people like that. And I was listening to Yongisho. Gisho, and <laughs> Yongisho um he walked one day in the church, And while the church had had grown, it was 800, I mean, (laughs) that's quite good, uh, though. So the church was 800, and he said, um, I I suddenly found myself at the back of the church thinking, there's going to be some more. But honestly, Jesus, God, I've done everything I know to do. And I can't do more. You know? And he realized that he had not been partnering partnering with the Holy Spirit. So the first thing he had to do is, um, first of all, he had to say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I acknowledge that you are a real person. You are a real person. And the second thing he had to do, which I always, I really have to do too, and I'm doing, uh, is repenting for all the times He had not been honoring the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, wow. You know, even in our days, I've really come to realize that uh, these last few years, we talk a lot, even charismatic people like us talk a lot about the presence. Oh, we love the presence. I love, I love, I love your presence. Yeah? It's good, I love the presence. But when we say the presence, we we say I love the Holy Spirit. The presence is the Holy Spirit. It's not enough we just sing I love the presence, oh it makes me feel good. Do we realize it's God among us? It's God wow. I mean to be honest, there's only one thing to do, it would be to just disappear in a hole right now and say, God Let me to go, go back to this. Hey guys, where are you there? Where are you in this? Where are you there? When I went through that, did you feel, oh man, I think i do that? Because it's so easy to... Put the Holy Spirit at the bottom of the scale, super easy. It's really easy to forget Him. It's easy to order Him and not actually give Him the freedom to do. It's really, sometimes we don't mean it when we say, Come and do what only you can do, because we are. We sing it, Come and do what only you can do. We sing it all the time. It's easy to not mean it, because some of us would be a bit scared. Some of us don't want to lose control. Some of us really love a certain order. Some of us really love when you know, we, we have routines and we have habits. Some people love routines and habits. There's nothing wrong about that. And when our priorities are a little bit, you know, wow. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I just think we just close our eyes now. Just, just, just come to Him. Holy Spirit, just come. We want to honor you. We want to value you. We want to recognize you as God. We say we love you. We love your presence. Without your presence, wow, that's a lot of hard work. With not much. But with you, it's easy. It's easy when you come. Holy Spirit, come and breathe on us. Let's wait here a little bit. Eh? If you've got to repent, you repent. If you don't have to repent, it's fine too. No compulsion. We are hungry, we are thirsty for you, for your living water. We are hungry and thirsty for you, the living God. Come and breathe among us, come and breathe. More and more and more and more. Lord, I pray that in the next few weeks we all will have create a revelation of who you are, the people who are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. I pray you put a hunger in their heart to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the next few weeks, Jesus. I pray for those who desire a gift to receive a gift by the Holy Spirit in the next few weeks. I pray for those who are shy to receive boldness to preach the gospel in the name of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. I pray that those who mourn will be comforted by the Holy Spirit. I pray that those who are still entangled with bad habits and things they shouldn't be doing, that they would be delivered by the Holy Spirit. I pray that holiness will come among us by the Holy Spirit. I pray that fire will come in our midst by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just come come and blow in our cell, we ask in the name of Jesus.